Um, very much like most organized uh, crime syndicates, they sort of start as a, a racial uh, minority or other group that is not in power and sort of uses crime as a way to even the playing field. Right. <laughs> Steve, would you like to recap what you just heard, what you just said right to? That uh, there's a group that, uh, I don't know, man, I'm tired. <laughs> What's like? He's basically saying, no. I think he's basically saying, I think what you said was that there's a group that's a minority that uses crime to kind of level the playing field. That, like, within sort of minority you like that, Ryan's? <laughs> <laughs> My subconscious is paying attention at all times. I, I I'm to listening to the jazz. The entire time you were going through that. <laughs> I didn't want to throw you off. No, no, it's fine. Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. Hi. <laughs> And Ryan. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Cheers. Steve's working on his uh, his voice work, you know, trying trying to lock down the voices so that if he ever needs to, to fill in. <laughs> I'm going to fill in for Ryan. Hey, guys, Ryan here. Welcome to the... You're just going to have, you're just gonna have a machine like the radio station on The Simpsons that just, like, puts in, like... Weenie and the butt. Canned phrases that... Looks like those clowns in Congress messed things up again. <clears throat> Remember, folks, we're going to have weather on the twos. This is Ryan with Smooth 100 with Steve with weather on the twos yeah, and it's Steve funny you, with traffic on the fives. It's funny you mentioned that because we were just talking about... I, I think I was just talking to Steve on New Year's Eve about, uh, about like, I listen to WUCF and it's like all jazz. Really? And it's just ah, I love jazz, and it's no, like no, I mean, the, I'm not surprised you like jazz. I'm just more surprised that WUCF is all jazz. I'm, I'm assuming that's <laughs> out of UCF, right? It's yeah. all yeah, exactly. It's yeah. all jazz that's all crazy. the time. Okay. And uh, there's this old white guy. He's like, I think he's white. I, maybe I might, maybe I'm wrong. He probably he is. Sounds, he sounds white. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he, he's on there on New Year's Eve, and he like you know he talks about jazz and I was like it's always funny when old white people pronounce the word jazz because they add like five A's to it jazz I'm over here on WUCF and here comes some more jazz more smooth jazz it's like uh, jazz Uh, they had rock 104 here in Gainesville that was uh, run out of UF for a while but it's gone through so many iterations it's not yeah you know what you know what was bad about that station though what um it, it was like UF. Any, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it, it didn't have any jazz. Yeah, I know. It was. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, what was it? It was uh, Rock 104. I don't even know. Like, I don't even think they had a thing. I'm just like Rock 104. Rock and 104. One Gainesville. Like, I don't know. This all brings us into the Taiping Rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, today we're going to be talking about um, Hong Xiuquan <laughs> and the Taiping. Rebellion or revolution? There, there seems to be some debate on what you call it. Revolution. Revolution. Revolution sounds. Steve, I, I heard there was no jazz at all there. <laughs> Clearly no jazz. He was, he was not a cool cat. 
When, when people say cool cat, I immediately think of the cat from the Paul Abdul video. Is that the cat that had the uh, like the like the the, the the zoot suit he was wearing with like the fedora hat, sunglasses? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he danced with her. Yeah. Two, two steps forward. Oh my god! <laughs> Yo, side note: this beer I just cracked is disgusting. <laughs> Let's see if we can get a sponsorship. Who makes it? <laughs> it's actually made by Utah Jazz. <laughs> the official right, brewer of the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Utah Jazz, the official team of the Taiping Rebellion. Let's go! Which, I, I don't think the Utah Jazz exists anymore. Uh, really? I don't I'm deferring to they, Steve on this one. They might. The thing is, is that... Um, you know, the Utah Jazz were never supposed to exist. They what? exist. The, the Utah Jazz were right, the New right, Orleans listen, listen, Jazz. Listen, time out, time out, time out. There's oh, no listen, they still listen. exist. This is your 60-second sports moment, Steve. Go. Tell us about the Utah Jazz. There's no such thing as the Utah Jazz. Like, In other words, like, there's no such thing as jazz in Utah, at least not as far as I know. Uh, there's a, you know, It was the New Orleans Jazz from 74 to 79, and then they moved to Utah. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, think about it. I don't know any Mormons who listen to jazz. They couldn't think of probably of anything good to change it to. Like, they probably could have changed it to, like, like the seagulls Utah, or something. The, or, like, the, the, the Utah door-to-door religion sales. <laughs> the Utah Mormons. Uh, <laughs> the proselytizers. <laughs> the Utah proselytizers. Listen, nobody no bullshit. Could pronounce have you seen the video of the Mormon kids playing basketball on the hood? Proselytize. They played basketball. No, that's awesome. Bro, Are they any good? Li- <laughs> I'll post a link up so you can watch it. It's is like it a like? Video. Is it like my boy, uh, local white genius, the professor uh, from N1 mixtape tour? Oh, baby, the professor. Literally, these two dudes, the uh, Mormon kids in the hood, they're playing basketball. Uh, somebody sets up a phone, so they I don't think they know they're being recorded, but they play in their full getup, the ties, the shirts, everything. They're playing in their shit. And they ball on these fucking kids. Like, they look like they need to be... What's that park that they play basketball in when they play streetball? Rucker Park? Yes. They look like they need to be in Rucker fucking Park. Like, they... Oh, it's that's disgusting. That's crazy. I'm gonna pull you know, that's probably the freest... On. That's probably the freest those heavily inculcated, indoctrinated youths will be their entire life. On the court. Basketball. The Great Liberator. If I think Jimmy if, Dolan, shake and bake. I think if Hong Shochan had uh, had basketball, things would a little bit would have went a little differently. Yeah, that would have been his jazz. <laughs> <laughs> it's in order to talk about today's subject. I'm gonna sort of set up the the time period. This this all occurs within the Qing Dynasty, sort of towards the end of it. Um, the, the Qing Dynasty started in 1636. It, it's mm-hmm. it's considered... Um, it, today, they don't really consider it this because Chinese nationalism is weird. But the, the Manchus, who were considered a barbarian people, a people from outside of China proper, um, they came in and they conquered what was called the Ming Dynasty, which was the last Hong, Han, ethnically Han dynasty of China. Now is this the time? <clears throat> excuse me. Of um, of like Genghis Khan. This is well. The Ming come after the Yuan Dynasty, which is the Mongol Dynasty. Okay. One of so one of the reasons. 
Yeah, the Ming yes. the Ming built what we generally consider to be the Great Wall of China, and they they mainly built it as like a fuck you to the Mongols. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't want the Mongols using the internet, so they put that up. <laughs> firewall. One of the most am- amazing firewalls. <laughs> in the if you want to, if you want to get news or pornography, you're gonna have to work for it. You would, but I tell you, you, you know what? Security on that wall. It's crazy though, because they're complete hypocrites. Because you know what they let through that firewall? What's that? All the jazz you could want. Oh, uh, they let David Copperfield just walk right through it back in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> That's done with mirrors, Ryan. No, yeah. no. Uh, <laughs> I refuse. It's all mirrors. No. All right. So uh, the yuan and a, and, a, and a slowly moving stage. So, so hot, hot take Manchus barbarians. Well, the the classical definition of what makes someone a barbarian people in ancient China was whether or not they use Hanzo, which is Chinese characters, um, which which they refer to as kanji in Japanese. Yeah, if, yeah. If I, you I'm don't familiar. if you don't use those characters, you, you're considered a, bar, a barbarian people. And if you're white and you use those characters, it more than likely says refrigerator on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> what about? What would you say? Would you say that the Chinese would consider uh, rest in peace Sean Price uh, a barbarian because he had a, he had an album called Barbarian, you know? Possibly. That's right, Sean P. Um, <laughs> I'm so, pull the rest of his beer out for him. Anyway, the 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 Manchus they they conquer China. They they actually conquer some areas that were outside of China as well. They they conquer um, what is modern day Mongolia. Um, which is a part of um, China during the the Qing Dynasty, and they also expand China's borders westward um, and bring in Tibet and Xinjiang into China proper. Let's just let's just skip right over Tibet and let's just keep talking. <coughs> With all the bullshit about Hong Kong, I don't even need to bring Tibet up to, even though we have like four listeners. I let's not even bring Tibet up to bat. <laughs> uh, Tibet's going to get a DH in this episode. But the uh, the Manchus, they're they're considered <laughs> foreigners. Um, they're the lang- the language they have uh, uses a script that is very similar to Mongolian. Um, it, it's sort of um, in that area. It's they sort of use the script uh, where it's sort of like a squiggly um, vertical script. And on a lot of like sort of Manchu. Um, buildings like in the during the Qing dynasty um, they'll have things written in both languages the the Manchu language is kind of dying out today for a lot of reasons uh, mainly due to the fact that the um, the the Manchus are, are sort of a, a minority group and they just sort of marry into the Han Chinese after they take over mm. um, can kind of like cannibalized by what Mandarin well, it, it just sort of Mandarin is the main language it's spoken. Um, like a lot of regional dialects, it's becoming increasingly um, just sort of boxed out by the official language. Um, mm-hmm. Now that the national education system, you know, puts forward um, a, a standard of Chinese, um, that's what's spoken. Gotcha. The, the they eventually become more and more. Um, I, I don't want to say sinicized, but they become more and more um, like the the Han. They adopt more and more traditional um, Chinese imperial customs in order mm-hmm. to, to sort of um, 
be accepted by the people. And they also begin to claim the Mandate of Heaven, which is something that pretty much most imperial dynasties in China have claimed as sort of um, saying why they should be the rulers. The rulers right. of heaven. The, the the mandate of heaven Predain, is a, like chosen by heaven mandate. It, oh, okay, okay. Just like it, every religion is chosen. Okay, exactly. Well, okay. In the in the sense that like dynasties go through sort of like a cyclical um, life where they'll they'll sort of begin, they'll sort of peak, and then they'll they'll sort of go into decline and collapse. And the mandate of heaven essentially kind of like my ability to uh, shoot the three. <laughs> Oh my god. I was I was so intently listening to the mandate of heaven until you broke in with that fucking how you brick threes like Dude, I brick so Steph, many threes. It's Steph just Curry terrible. over here. Uh, after sort of after the dynasty goes into decline, the it's believed, you know, that the the gods look down on them. Usually what happens on that time is there's some sort of natural disaster because natural disasters are always happening in a large geographic area like China. And they see this as sort of the gods' disfavor in the ruler. And then whoever um, replaces them, they're, they're sort of seen as, as being legitimized because they were able to, to replace them and establish themselves as a ruler. So they're the new accepted dynasty. Hmm. Interesting. By the end of the 18th century, so the 1700s, that's generally considered to be the, the high watermark of the Qing. Um, the last great emperor is the Qianlong Emperor. Um, and he he's very, like, he's a good emperor at the start, but then at the end, um, it, it becomes very corrupt um, due to a lot of people, like, in the emperor's, like, court. Um, like, one of them is named uh, Hu Shen, who is a, um, he's a eunuch. Um, and he was one of like the the emperor's favorites. I, I believe it's a, it's implied that he had like a homosexual relationship with him. Um, but he's considered to be one of the most corrupt officials in Chinese history. Aren't now? And I could be totally wrong. Aren't eunuchs traditionally like castrated? Yes. In order to be a eunuch, you have to be castrated. The idea is is that because the emperor has like a harem of women, that the you don't want like the court attendants you know having sex with them. Because mm-hmm. for most of them, their their lives are like pretty boring, mm-hmm. um, and and in some places like Korea, it was generally accepted, you know, that the the imperial harem would have like lesbian relationships, and it was just sort of like hand waved away with excuses, because mm-hmm. it just like it was really the only joy they had in their like miserable lives of just like laying around waiting for this guy to like come have sex with them and then just like forget about them most of the time. Yeah, because they didn't have like iPhones to lay around and browse the internet on and shit. Yeah, they could have really, been could have be dropping about, savage takes on each other. <laughs> I had that conversation with my brother at one point. I think we're thinking about like, what if there was no smartphone? Like, uh, what the fuck do you mean? What if there was no smartphone? Do you remember being like sixteen? No, no, no. I know that, <laughs> but I'm saying like in this day, like what would have happened if there was no smartphone, dude? I remember being fucking 24 like what are you talking about i'm 37 smartphones didn't come out till 2007 so essentially anyway the first iphone came out in 2007 so like they're actually really recent technology although it's 2020 now so fuck i'm old 
Yeah, like 2010 but, was the first time I got my hands on one. So Exactly, because they were bleeding edge at the outset. But it is crazy how much of our fucking day is just consumed by a nightmare rectangle. You call it a nightmare rectangle. I call it the Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> Ask it anything. It's got the answer for you. <laughs> it's got an answer. <laughs> it's probably not the right answer, but it's got an answer. It's Most of our listeners are probably uh, moving over to the phones now to look up the Taiping Rebellion. <laughs> get this get this going. <laughs> Hit, slapping that wrap it up G button. <laughs> I just use mine, you know, check the stock, sports, listen to some jazz. <laughs> Smooth 100. <sighs> after the after the Qianlong Emperor um, so, sort of at the end of his reign and, and afterwards, um, this sort of unrest begins to grow, which is sort of, like I mentioned, the, the normal life cycle of a dynasty in China. Um, and, and one of the reasons why this starts happening is because um, the population of China during the, the Qing dynasty, um, during the early part of it, it begins to explode due to stability and, and also due to, to, to trade um, sort of new things are introduced to, to the Chinese diet, like potatoes, um, other things that come from the Americas. Fiddly D potatoes. What year is it? Yeah, I was to say, what, what years are we talking about here? This is the early, like, 1800s. So we're talking about from, like, the 1600s to, like, the 1800s so okay. far. Because, like, my, so, kung, my kung fu teacher had, like, a thing up on the wall that said, down with the Qing. <laughs> up with Ming. Wow, that is so close to being really fucking racist. <laughs> I'm yeah, not even kidding. You, I took we'll, Kung Fu, and he had that on the wall. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, uh, that that's okay. something we're going to cover, where that okay. comes from. Um, so, so the population, due to stability, is, is exploding. Um, and because of that, land is being subdivided into smaller and smaller plots to accommodate the growing population. Um, the, the Qing are also trying to restrict movement um, because there's sort of this this thing that happens in, in sort of China is that when people live in the countryside, when it's not time to plant, they'll move into the cities and then move back. Um, and this causes a lot of um, a lot of upheaval at times. And there's also things too um, because... Uh, that sounds flood, like a gigantic pain in the ass though. Like were they forced to do that? What, to move? Yeah, to go back and forth. No, they weren't forced to do it, but it was just one of those things where you like the would... the most economically sensical thing to do? Like, you would just leave the farm and go into the city. And it's kind of like how people in the countryside in China do today. Like, there's a big problem with everybody leaving the countryside in China, like going into the cities to, to do work. It, it's sort of a very similar problem. Um, I mean, and it's, that makes sense, because there's not really many jobs on the countryside. Yeah, and then plus two, when you are farming during this period, you're not making a lot of money because you're not farming a lot of land. Okay, okay. Um, floods and natural disasters are also happening. Um, some of this is caused by um, uh, over-farming and population movements into traditional like floodplains. Um, because people don't really have anywhere to like set up a, set up a farm. Um, they, they set up farms in, in areas where there weren't farms, but those areas, you know, they would flood, you know, every every 50 or so years. And also, too, there's a problem with over-farming, sort of destroying the topsoil in the mountains and the hills, um, causing um, sort of mudslides and other things happening. You gotta switch those crops out. I'm about to say, that's some shit I remember learning about in, like, 
Oh, God. I had to be in elementary school when I was in, like, the Future Farmers of America, like the FFA. Oh, my wife was in that. She's got awards all over the wall. Got to rotate your crops, baby. (laughs) And and to sort of go back to what Steve was talking about, at the beginning of the 19th century, um, Southern China... Smartphones or jazz? Yeah. It it was jazz. (laughs) In Southern China in the 19th century, jazz was taking China by storm. Um... China is, is troubled by these like, uh, secret societies and criminal organizations that pop up, and also bandits and pirates. Right. Um, because the, the Qing are, are mostly based in the north, and, and they're mostly northerners themselves, um, their, their control over southern China is, is somewhat tenuous. And southern China, even up until like the 1980s, had like a big problem with sort of like smugglers and pirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and in and from 1796 to 1804, um, sort of in southwestern China, there's this big rebellion called um, the White Lotus Rebellion, which is a, a Buddhist-oriented um, sort of uh, rebellion against the Qing's rule. Um, and, and a lot of this sort of, like, Buddhist opposition to the Qing comes up. Like, for instance, like the Shaolin Temple, um, mm-hmm. the, the mythical sort of southern Shaolin Temple sort of comes out of this, usually what you see in fiction um, a lot of times when they talk about like the Shaolin Temple in, in like movies, they're, they're talking about a Shaolin Temple that didn't exist, like the southern branch of the Shaolin Temple that fought against the Qing. Um, the actual Shaolin Temple that still exists today is, is considered the northern temple, mm-hmm. which is in the heartland of China, which is uh, Hunan. I just want to bring up, they have the coolest names for their rebellions too, like the White Lotus. Like That shit is cool. Yeah, dude. It sounds so peaceful, but it was probably, like, really bloody and disgusting. If it wasn't for those, like, cool names, there'd be no Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that uh, Shang Tsung was integral in the... (laughs) (laughs) Did Shao Kahn attempt Shaolin... You know, you were talking about gangsters, and it's a total aside, we'll get to it at some point, I'm sure, but, like, uh, you know, uh, I read a story the other day, some random Chinese person on one of the Kung Fu like uh, Southern style Facebook groups posted it and it was about how like older there are certain older Chinese people who consider Wang Fei Hung to be a gangster really? yeah like I, I didn't know that I thought he was a folk hero for a lot well, of people but I guess he's I guess he's a gangster for a lot of well, people too he was also a drug addict yeah much well, of he his was life. an apothecary too so he was just yeah, dipping into so. his own supply over, well, a, like over a bochi can... lamb, Steve. See? See? I'm a historian. <laughs> I feel like it just comes... It's like, what side of the coin are you looking at it from? Is he a drug addict or is he an apothecary? Well, a lot, of, a lot of the sort of nationalists, like the, the people who overthrew the Qing finally, are very, like, closely associated with triad organizations. Uh. Like, like Chiang Kai-shek was, was closely allied with the, the Green Gang, which was a major um, triad gang that went with him to, like, Taiwan. And yeah. up until, like, democracy, they were sort of, like, helped the secret police in Taiwan, and, like, they ensured when they had, like, the fake elections that, you know, people didn't disrupt them, that they went the way that the nationalists wanted them to go. Wow. You said these are the, Yaku- the Yakuza? No, the, the triads. The, oh, the, the triads, tri- okay. The, the Yakuza are um, Japanese. J- Japanese, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're kind of... The, the Yakuza are more like the, like the Black Hand... Like the sort of the predecessor to the il, Italian mob, il mano negro. Yeah, um, but um, so, soon after the 19th century begins, 
um, the the opium war occurs. The first opium war. There there are two major opium wars. Um, the the first opium war essentially happens because British merchants are eager to expand the opium trade in China, um, but they're balancing the the trade um, between them and China, and China sort of dominates them um, because uh, merchants are restricted to the port of Canton which is sort of the old-timey name for Guangzhou. It gave um, the, the Chinese merchants a monopoly on trade, um, and mostly because they could essentially say what the Westerners could trade to them in, in order to um, get the opium. So, um, or I mean what they could trade to the Westerners to get the opium. Right, um, right. It, the- and, usually, and usually what they asked for was, um, was silver. Just straight up. Usually it's Mexican silver dollars. And the reason so why in China you're saying they used Mexican silver dollars as currency? Well, they would use it as like a trade currency, and the reason why they use Mexican silver dollars is because it was like the nineteenth century version of the Kruger Rand. Okay. Like, like the whole reason why Kruger Rands, like if you hear them mentioned and stuff. Like, the reason why they were considered valuable is because the gold content in them was very high. And what, uh, real quick, real quick, because I'm a dumbass, what's a Krugerrand? A Krugerrand was a, was a, I think they still issue them in South Africa, but it was a, it was a gold uh, dollar coin, essentially. I, I've, I don't know what the actual value of it was traditionally in South Africa, but it, but it becomes sort of valued in, in sort of trade because the gold content in it is very pure. It has so a high does it kind of stand in as like a, a quote-unquote gold standard for trade? Yeah, it, it's sort of like a very easy way to trade gold at a high, at sort of like a high gold content. Because okay. a lot of times when you have um, like currency coins, they're debased in some fashion. Like mm-hmm. the percentage of the actual metal that's in them is very low, or, or a lot of times, like in modern times, is non-existent. Yeah. Like the penny is not only like copper, but now it's like copper, zinc, and some other bullshit. It's not even worth the actual one cent. It, I think it's actually worth like, um, like in, depending on where the zinc price goes, sometimes it's actually worth more than its actual like. That's what like, I mean. Like described it, value. It's, it's worth like it. Like I'm trying to think of how it was described. Basically, pennies are not worth it to even be produced by the U.S. Yeah, but anyway. It costs more to make them than it does than they're worth. Yes, that's all. It is. Yes, the, but the silver, the the Mexican silver dollar is sort of this trade species that the that the Chinese traders want, um, and the British traders are mad about this. Um, uh, after this time, you know the the British East India Company has sort of collapsed. Um, uh, Great Britain is trying to hold on to um, its possessions in India that's that it's inherited. And most of the trade out of India is in opium. Um, right, right. So they're they're trying to get they're they're trying to balance the trade, and they're also trying to keep the opium trade going because they want the to keep aren't ready for that uh, baller ass North Indian food yet. Yeah, they want India to be in the black <laughs> because Wait, oh. like in in terms of the cost of keeping a colony, colonies are always like very expensive. Like that's one of the reasons why they're such shitty places to live. Because mm-hmm. very much like a business, you know, everything's people, really expensive. Well, no, it well, it, it's in the sense that you don't want you, like you you want to make the most amount of profit, so you're going to cut wherever you can. So you're you cutting invest very much. Yeah, so you're cutting on the standard of living. Though Great Britain does invest a good deal in like the public <laughs> services in 
um, India later on. It, it's mostly done in service of like keeping the colony going. Mm-hmm. More like they had to, not because they wanted to. Well, yeah, it, it, essentially. Um, so the the war goes on. Um, China is is defeated pretty soundly by the British. Um, the, these British merchants, um, they they in a, in a way trick the British government into committing to this war. Um, they they get Parliament to to commit to sort of military action against China. Um, they're able um, to defeat China mostly due to the fact that the um, the Qing military, which which comes up later on, is very incompetent due to the fact that it's very decentralized and a lot of the like high up like Qing bureaucrats have been um, sort of cheating the system for a long time like claiming they have troops on the roster who don't exist they can collect the money for the salaries it's sent and like, a lot of the fuckers are crooked <laughs> and and like one of the generals during a battle like he barely leaves like his like his sedan chair that he's like laying in because he's like high on opium the whole time that's what that's the kind of war we should be fighting like everybody's just too fucking high to fight and it's most, point they're all just like fuck it uh, that's the point what do you mean they're cut off my opium supply bomb them can't fucking uh, bomb them bomb their wives bomb their girlfriends until I get my opium back bomb them until I can get bombed cause initially <laughs> listen initially, to jazz initially opium is not like a poor person's drug like, no. like, people have the image of opium as sort of, like, because it's sort of how it is in, like, the West. Aren't you all have, like, drugs not initially poor person drugs? It depends. Uh, like with the exception of crack cocaine, which was... Deliberately del- made. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for the poor, yes. Good fucking point, actually. <laughs> There's some stuff like, like, cot or stuff like that, that, like... Oh, yeah, you I, guys... I, think marijuana. I didn't even know what that was uh, until you guys mentioned it, which mean, which makes you a bad influence, by the way. <laughs> but but cot is for also for and but i mean the only problem with cot is that in the region where it's used primarily in that eastern africa eastern african region it's just not a very economically prosperous area anyway so it's hard to say that that's a drug specifically for the poor community well it, it's just it's very easy like the cost of entry is very low yeah, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Um, we can deal but with that. The the thing about opium is is that the Chinese like knew they they had known about opium. It's in like it was used for medical purposes. Um but the British are, are pushing opium into China in increasingly higher amounts. And, and eventually after the war o- war is over, um sort of organized crime in China starts producing their own opium. This is like and, the British fucking version of the CIA throwing crack into fucking neighborhoods. Good God. And, and well, I, I would say that the British aren't really, um, they, they don't really probably like the fact that, you know, other people are moving into the trade that they're trying to have a monopoly on. Because um, it's not really like an insidious thing. It's just more of like, this is what we have. We need to sell it. So you're, you're going to have to let us trade here. Wow, I don't think David Simon would appreciate that. The guy it's, from the Wire. <laughs> it's not. It, it's not like they're like, yes, we're going to destroy China by like. It, it's it's not Ronald Reagan wanting to destroy like Black America with crack cocaine. Well, it's, you it's know, more- uh, <laughs> what we do here is we just uh, we introduce the drug of choice, jazz. <laughs> and uh, if it happens to get the gauge too, then uh, well, you, you know, got them too. Ed Rock Hudson is a very manly man. <laughs> he loves the, the jazz, and Nancy loves him. 
Yeah. The, <laughs> the the British um the the British gets what's called the Treaty of Nanjing, which is which is known as the first of the unequal treaties. And this um, forces China to allow Britain to open up what are called treaty ports. Who's it known? Um, who refers to that treaty that way? The Chinese populace? Yeah, the China refers to this like officially as the first of the unequal treaties. Okay. And like every other nation in the world, like major nation, gets in on these treaties. Um, <laughs> Yo, like, check this shit out. Once guys, Great, y'all, y'all see this, guys? <laughs> once Great Britain gets it. Um, the United States demand one, France, Germany, Russia, Italy, um, all of those. Because remember when we talked about Smedley Butler and we talked about the uh, the the eight the eight nations and that coalition force. Goddamn Smedley! Yes, I all, do. All of those nations are ones who have these unequal treaties. Wow. Okay. Um, so these open treaty ports all across China, and, and this sort of destabilizes the economy in southern China because the foreign trade was sort of um, focused in Guangzhou, and um, Shanghai becomes like the biggest, most predominant like trade city. Um, Shanghai itself is mostly um, an international city up until 1949. Like a majority of the city is owned and operated by foreign countries. Hmm. And and sort of part of these treaties as well is that foreigners are, are protected from Chinese law. Um, they're given extraterritoriality, meaning that if a foreigner commits a crime in China, they don't answer to a Chinese court. They answer to a court at the embassy. So if you're an American and you commit a crime in China, you would go to the American embassy where a judge there would put on a trial for the crime you committed. So it's kind of like diplomatic immunity. Sort of. Um, okay. it, it, it's sort of in the sense that it usually ends up being diplomatic immunity because very much like the justice system at this time, like in the in Western countries, that if you're rich and powerful, or or in this case, you know, white, um, <laughs> you, you're generally seen as being like innocent. With I'm the, sorry. Did you say at this time? That is still the way. Never mind. Well, I'm even mind. this is well, historical podcast. This is not current events podcast. But but even more in the sense of like. An all-white jury is not going to convict a, a white person in a crime with, like, a black person, like, at this time in, like, Jim Crow. Okay, so we're talking, like, real heavy – okay, okay. Yeah, we're talking, like, real heavy, like – like, I don't even I know why we're having a trial-level shit. Okay, I was like, if you're rich and white, you still get the benefit. Yeah, you still – you still – you still get away with it. Yeah, um, okay. So the, the British – um, they get Hong Kong out of the deal as well, which they, they take out a lease on. Um, they own the island of Hong Kong and the area outside of Hong Kong. Um, they they sign a 99-year lease on it. When does that end? They're coming up, right? No, it already ended. It ended in 1990, uh, at the end of 1996. Didn't they renew it like for an extra period of time? Because it's supposed to be going up again, isn't it? No, they didn't renew it because essentially what happened was um, China wanted it back. Margaret Thatcher went and like they they played her pretty hard, and she just like gave up on it. Um, they would have kept the island, like they own the island permanently, but they just gave everything back. Way to drop the ball, Margie. That was pretty much her whole career. Dropping the ball. Yeah. Um, so because of the the British are are becoming more um, prominent in the South. Um, they've started forcing um, pirates inland to becoming like just regular bandits instead of pirates. 
And mercenaries that were hired to fight the British, um, they were demobilized by the Qing, but they really had, like, nothing else to do other than become bandits. Yeah, I mean... Um, and then, two um, triads and affiliated outlaws to them begin moving west. Like, the triads were normally established on, like, the eastern coast, and they begin moving west into inland uh, China. How, how far west are we talking? Like, Beijing? Well, no, Be- Beijing's, like, not that far, like, west. That's what it's I'm saying. The so, north. like, there or, like, even farther west than that? I'm well, thinking of, like, a on a longitudinal? Well, we're talking, like, if you look at a map of China, like, they start in, say, like, sort of, like, the eastern coast of China and make their way to the western areas, like, Guangxi province. Okay. Um, so they, they move, um, they, they begin making inroads into other parts of China, further destabilizing things. Um, and, and the triads themselves, um, a lot of their sort of um, background is that they were sort of like an anti-Qing resistance. Um, very much like most organized uh, crime syndicates, they sort of start as a, a racial uh, minority or other group that is not in power and sort of uses crime as a way to even the playing field. Right. <laughs> Steve, would you like to recap what you just heard, what you just said right to? That uh, there's a group that, uh, I don't know, man, I'm tired. <laughs> What's like? He's basically saying, no. I think he's basically saying, I think what you said was that there's a group that's a minority that uses crime to kind of level the playing field that like within sort of minority you like that Ryan <laughs> <laughs> my subconscious is paying attention mind. at all times I, I I'm listening to, to the jazz the entire time you were going through that <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to throw you off no, no, that's fine and then um, it, d- during this period sectarian violence and, and uprisings are common due to the power vacuum that's been created um, and, and the opium war um, doesn't really help these things, right? Of course not. And, no, and war never helps sectarian violence. And and during this period, um, Hong Shouqian, um sort of comes into um, that's our boy, Hong Shouqian. Sort of comes to things. Um, he is he was referred to as a um, he's a member of the Hakka people. Uh, okay. The, yeah. The, the the Hakka are like a a, a minority group in China. Um, they they're generally found mostly in the south. Yeah, um, they're, they're, I'm familiar with Hakka uh, martial arts, but they're um, they're sort of a, a northern Han people that moved south during an older dynasty and, and sort of set up um, and, and sort of because they came from like an older dynasty and sort of held on to those those sort of linguistic and other traits. Um, they they sort of de- develop into a minority group. Right, because they hold on to their own essential, like, like uniqueness, and it doesn't fit with the, the surroundings. Yeah, um, and so he's the son of Hakka farmers, and he repeatedly tries to pass the imperial examinations. Um, in order to become a bureaucrat in, in China during this time period, you would have to take these tests, um, which are mostly about, like, memorization. Um, it these examinations it's a lot of it's like uh you had to be able to recite like confucian classics are they extant um, things like that they don't have them today um you you do have to take like there is a major exam that you take at the end of like high school to get into college 
which is generally, I would say, like the equivalent of it in modern times. But they, they mainly do away with these these sort of tests um, because they they don't really, like, prove anything. Well, more specifically, are those tests from that time period extant? Like, do we know exactly what was in them? Oh, yeah, yeah. We know oh, exactly cool. what's in them down to, like, we, we, know, we know what was in the tests, like, two, three thousand years ago. Like we, Chinese we were excellent record keepers. Yeah, man, the re- um, records of the grand historian. And, and the thing about it is that a lot of it is just like the same stuff you would have to memorize like hundreds of years ago, which is why it doesn't really like make sense for someone to be an administrator of a place when the test he had to pass was just like, how much do you know of this poem that's in a language most people can't understand? <laughs> It would be like in order to be like the mayor of a city, or, or let's just say to be the governor of Florida, you would have to know like Beowulf in Old English. Well, I mean, I'm okay with that. Good lord. <laughs> um, so Can you imagine it, Rick Scott like just sounding out Beowulf in Old English? Oh my <laughs> it would it would probably be just as painful as his Spanish. As, like, him, yeah, as his Spanish. Uh, yo, um, yo necessi- necessito. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Governmento. Governmento. Law. He, like. Como se llama Beowulf in Espanol? Trabajar jazz. Como se dice jazz in Espanol? They. They eventually try to modernize the test sort of towards the end of the Qing Dynasty, but by that point, it's so. Um. It, it's it's just like basically done away with um, after the Qing are overthrown. So our boy, what was his name again? Uh, Hong Shouchuan. Hong Shouchuan. Yeah. He uh, he doesn't. Hong did Shai he Chong. ever pass these tests? He did not. He tried four times. Uh, the first time he tried was in 1827. He tried He's again. A loser. <laughs> 1836, 1837, He's and then a loser. final time in 1843. I'm gonna pass He's my bar. <laughs> <laughs> he's, um, during during his second examination while he's in Guangzhou um, so this is before the, the opium war so this is like 1836 um, he encountered a foreign missionary and he's handed this like slim nine volume set so he's essentially given like the evangelical version of like the watchtower oh, where it's like and it's this, this nine volume set entitled Good Words to exhort the age, um, which is by this um, by this guy named Liang Fa. Liang Fa is the first um, Chinese Protestant minister and the first, and he's the second like evangelical convert in China. God, he's 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 swinging over too with me, Protestant and evangelical. Ugh. And the thing the thing about him though is that he is not. Um, he is not really like that good of like a scholar. Like he does not come from the traditional like scholar class. Um, so his his ability to, to sort of write about um, biblical stuff is not really that good. He, he, like like most like evangelicals, like his knowledge of like scripture is not that best. 
he just mostly picks and chooses what he what he wants in order to like meet his narrative hey, so let me guess he cherry picks what he wants like you said to meet his narrative right then he also only uses the most basic childlike understanding of the bible he or he, i'm sorry no fuck wow i fucked that up childlike understanding of re- the, the religious text to yeah can, to twist it to be what he it, wants it to be in this work as well i i'm not sure because like leon Fa, like wrote a bunch of things but he mostly focuses on like the old testament well yeah because um, because that's that's perfect for that time period you can easily cherry pick an entire government but, out of it so we don't know like the entirety of this work because a lot of it was um suppressed um we we have up to modern times have most of it oh no we know we know exactly what it is because every other religion's a cafeteria um and it's <laughs> and and most Not of only this that, but 99 percent of the eight of fucking religions all say the exact same thing yeah well, his his work specifically, like what he writes. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And it's mostly it's mostly biblical scripture um, that's presented out of order and context, along with sort of uh, vernacular tracks from Leong, just sort of commenting on things. And it and it mostly dwells on the omnipotence of God, um, the degradation caused by sin or idolatry, and salvation. I, it, I'm it, assuming that 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 that. That jab at the idol tree was a jab at Buddhists. Well, just just a sort of yeah, like like Buddhism or any other sort of like traditional like Asian religion, Hinduism, or, yeah. even the yeah. even the Taoists had had gods that they yeah celebrate, yeah like know? like sort of like um, temple worship and stuff because um, at this time like in, in most of Asia and and even I would say today like when someone says like they're like a buddhist or are they like if they say they worship a religion or if they even say they're they're atheists they'll usually still like go to temples and it's not the same as like christianity or islam or or, or judaism where it's just sort of like it's like you make your own sunday bar sort of situation where like if you want to pray to this god you can if you want to observe this holiday or festival you can right um so it's, but it's, would you say it's, i like this would you say it's like a like a freestyle <laughs> type of religious experience yeah there's almost like, like no one like almost like style? almost like maybe you could call it jazz religion it's very it's very freestyle jazz you know? <laughs> i want a little bit of kenny g whoa whoa, whoa. Um, kenny g kenny g's not jazz okay he's kenny that's music uh, he's kenny g are you fucking kidding me <laughs> that's music listen without 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 the g jazz doesn't exist today oh my kenny, god that's my hot take that's speaking, my hot take speaking of kenny g kenny g is actually like pretty popular in china yeah because the one the one song that's like at the end of the day like when the subway stops running or like if if like yeah. if you're at a school and the school shuts down is like a kenny g song shut the fuck that's up. perfect for the end of the it's day just it's just a very it's just like a very like low calming like show. calming dude yeah. i tell you what my aesthetic used to be driving home from working in new york city and like with the windows down like or i'm sorry the windows up because I, I, don't, I don't need to be bothering the other thousand people outside of my car and uh just playing all the, the jazz screaming forget about yeah it. you can't you can't hear that but you see all these hey, I'm walking. you just see this this fucking mass of humanity and just chaos going on in the car you're just it's just like super chill it's so it's so cathartic anyway see i usually have like the last podcast on the left or some kind of true, true crime 
uh, murder podcast. The opposite of jazz. Yeah, so I don't want to be in traffic with my windows down and these people next to me hearing how this guy tortured somebody with a car battery and like alligator clamps on his nipples because I don't need those kind of looks. Bro, it's, for me it, bro, it's music it's without of, the... It's, it's just heavy metal without the guitars. That's all this is. It's instead of a calming like woodwind instrument, you just have Ben Kissel yelling into your ears. <laughs> 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 fucking Henry, Henry Zabrowski just fucking screaming. Yeah. yeah, when he goes like on his rants. <laughs> uh. Um so this Leong Fo's work in, in very typical sort of evangelical fashion. Um, it positions Chinese society on the brink of disaster due to moral decline, which, which, as we all know, like growing, like, well, at least two of us growing up in the South, and I, I bet a bit of it up North, we know very well that, like, like the evangelicals are always going on about how we're in the end of days and how, like, society is, like, in moral decline and decay. Don't even get me started. And at least for 30 years now, it's been the end of the days. 33 years, by my count. It's been at least 33 years. And he talks about the formation of a heavenly kingdom, uh, which is which is sort of like the standard evangelical concept, you know, of like like post like the like the end of days, you know, that that there'll be like the yeah, it's eschatology. That's what it is. Yeah, but the the thing is, is that due to his like poor like. I, either combination of like his poor grasp of the concept or or just the fact that it's very hard to translate this into chinese which i've heard happens a lot of times with missionary work initially is that there's a lot of like mistranslations that like mess things up and it makes it seem like it's something that will like actually happen like this will be like a physical like kingdom that will be created as opposed to like a theological concept is sort of like a spiritual you're, state you're saying that uh you're saying that there are religious people out there who 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 don't understand the phrase metaphor yeah <laughs> uh, that, it, it, a typical like that explains a it, lot no wait, 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 wait. so there's people who wait 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 okay okay so there's people who think there's people who think this man literally walked across a lake Yes. Well, yes. They're... I would say especially during this period of time, too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Hong is given this, like... The, I this... just heard a lot of people X out of their browser. Because <laughs> of my fucking... Who cares? As... As Hong's given, like, this nine-volume set, he just sort of, like... It's believed that he probably, like, looked over it, read some things from it, but then just sort of tucked it away. Like, he doesn't, like, we, it's generally believed that he just sort of, like, put this on a shelf and just let it sit. Now, all criticism aside of it, did he know what it was? Well, he... Did he take it? I mean, he did fail that test four times. I mean, I, you know, he's pretty (laughs) stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking anybody can pass that test. He, well... They know They're what. Like, listen, these are nine volumes designed to help you pass. This <laughs> I'm gonna take another five times. Okay, I'm gonna put it on my shelf. I'll look hooked at it later. On, people hooked on bureaucrat. <laughs> well, um, people in China at this time they know what they know what Christianity is. Like they have some idea of it. They may not know like, but they they have a broad idea that it's this religion that's very popular in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, Christianity has been in China for a while. You know, Islam. Is, is somewhat prominent in China and it's very similar to that so I guess they probably like can wave it away it's like it's a very similar sort of thing I gotcha um, 
And, and two, like one of the main reasons why missionaries were restricted until the Treaty of of Nanjing was because the the Portuguese came in and it got to a point where they were literally like fighting in the streets between like Jesuits and I think Dominicans. Like they were like they were literally fighting with each other over like the Jesuits like going too far and and sort of like adapting like to China like wearing like Chinese clothes and sort of like trying to adapt the scripture to, to China that, that like they were literally fighting with each other and the emperor like kicked them out. That's classic. Like, the emperor classic, got tired of classic it. Classic Jesuit behavior. <laughs> I'm tired of your shit. Get the fuck out. Um, but uh, our boy Hong goes, goes back for the third examination. Um, he fails. Um, but after he fails, he's so <laughs> mentally devastated that he slips into this like depressive, a psychotic state um, after he confesses to his parents his guilt and hopelessness because this is like the way that you get out of like poverty in China like this is the equivalent of like somebody from like a poor neighborhood going to college like this is your way out of like out of poverty um, wait, wait, wait. it's just just it's this is only like the equivalent of somebody from a poor neighborhood going to college this isn't like more of a guarantee this isn't like somebody from a poor neighborhood like Signing a fucking contract with in the NFL? Well, I wouldn't say it's, like, that big of a deal. Because, like, they do, like... It, this is just, like, sort of to become, like, a lower official. Like, it, it assures him, like, a job that makes, like, over $30,000 a year. Oh, man. Okay, okay, we're also talking about 1800 He's not... Okay. He's not, okay. he's not becoming, like... He's not becoming, like, the governor of the province if he passes his test. It's more like he's going to be... It's more like he's going to be the guy at the DMV. <laughs> I finally made it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, he's, he's firmly ready, you know, to tap that sign. Tell them, don't make me tap it again. Don't make me tap this sign again. <laughs> um, while, he, while he's sort of in this, like, this psychotic state... Um, he, he sort of slips into like, I wouldn't say he goes into like a coma, but he just like lies in bed for a while. And during that time that he's just like bedridden with depression, um, he dreams that he ascends to heaven. Um, and when he ascends up to heaven, that his, um, internal organs are removed and replaced by new ones, which is sort of this purification process. Hmm. And then after that, um, a being with a golden beard hands him sort of an ensign of nobility which is sort of like a symbol of like of office um sort of like a scepter type deal and a sword wow. and then he tells him to exterminate demons and return the world to righteousness um an, an older man whom he believed was his brother journeys with him as, as he sort of fights across the cosmos was he uh was he was he yeah opium? was he in the opium what the fuck <laughs> I mean, I, I no. know there was no jazz, but, you know. Clearly, but well, my man sounds like he was high as giraffe. I am not going to repeat what you just said, but I'm going to memorize it. <laughs> so he, so he, has a, he has a psychotic break. You can replay the episodes. But <laughs> Can't say what Ryan said, but I sure as hell can hit rewind. Um... So he has a psychotic. What, yeah, you're saying. Yeah, so yeah. what you're saying is, is that someone dreaming that there's a, a golden beard man in the clouds who replaces their organs <laughs> with better ones, newer ones, handing him stronger a stronger ones, giving him an ensign, says, "Clean." Is a uh, psychotic break? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like some people that I know that went to Burning Man, honestly. Yeah, but they just go back to McDonald's on Monday. I mean, you know. <laughs> and they don't, don't shut don't up about like Burning that. Man. It was Wendy's. Don't shave. <laughs> Um, when, when Hong wakes up, he, he no longer suffers from his previous condition, and he goes on with his life uh, very much, like, pretty much in the same way, but not being, like, depressed. And even after, with his, like, newfound, like, sense of purpose, um, he takes the exam again in 1843 for the last time, and he fails it. <laughs> and so... So he's taken this exam five times. <laughs> No, four. This is the fourth. Oh, okay. I thought like they he like, threw in a good one, another one for good measure. Just want to try it one more time. I, there's no way. I got this flaming sword. Goldbeard gave it to me. I gotta clean got this, this shit this up. Scepter. I'm gonna pass this. I'm not even gonna study. I'm not even gonna study. It's in. The, Why are you gonna study if you got a gold? It's sword? in the cards for me to. He, fuck! Like, I failed God. again. If he lived, wow. <laughs> if he lived today, like this would be one of those guys that's like at a bus stop, just going on about like the computer in the sky, like type deal, <laughs> like a hundred percent. So, well, do we know how bad he was failing these tests? Or we don't, was, like, we he, don't know. Are the grade books extant? <laughs> I mean, I just because like was he just barely failing it by like a that's question a good or question. Two, or was he just fantastically bombing? The I don't shit? like he was writing. Spell this fucking name wrong. I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's graded in that fashion because a lot of it is like reciting like poetry and stuff like that. Like you have to like write down a poem from like memory. Uh. Like I don't think it's like a. It's not like a a multiple choice test. It's a lot of like essay questions. Okay. Oh God! Oh God! I can only imagine um, the guy that thought he has a fucking golden. The, he saw a golden beard and sword and scepter trying to write a fucking. Yeah, essay. the first two sentences of the poem you were dead on. Perfect grammar was good. Hanzu was good. Everything was working out just fine. But here, tell us about here. Tell us about the sword and this man with a golden beard. Now we don't really know where Norway is, but have you been there? Listen, listen, Hong, Hong. We, we are. We're going to be honest with you. I don't think this test is for you. <laughs> you know, not everybody needs to go to college. <laughs> not everybody needs to work at the DMV. You, you know, know Hong. Why don't you just learn to code? <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Oh my god. Anyway, okay. Flaming um, sword, Thor. And and after he fails the test for the fourth time, he, he sort of turns his righteous fury at the Qing system. Jesus. Um, I would do shit. And he, he goes home and he, like, cracks open the good words. Um, and the cold one with the blues. Oh, he pulls but out he, the nine volumes. Yeah, and he sees it more as, like, a manual to his personal messianic mission from God than, than its original intent. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. And, and he he sets up that the golden bearded uh, the gold bearded man was was God was Jehovah, um, the older brother that was with him was Jesus. Oh, I could see that. And, and he is the second son of God. Who who okay, are, are sorry, what, what our boy? What's <laughs> what? his name again? Yeah. I'm calling him Goldbeard. Hong Xiuqian. Hong Xiuqian. Chuan. Chuan is God. Chuen. He's God. Hong He's the second Chuen. son of God. No, no. Is Jesus so, too? Wait, okay. So, so basically, 
he's Jesus's. He's Jesus brother. too. Yes, like Jesus he's too. Jesus, he's Jesus's kid brother. I mean, D two is better than D one. We've been over it. <laughs> so at at this time, Hong. Can is you a- imagine being the younger brother of Jesus? Oh my fucking god. What kind of shit is that to live up to? Ryan, we shadow. told you last week, you can't work on your stand-up routine in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> your tight five will have to wait. <laughs> your tight five. Okay, I'll wait till later. I'll wait till, I'll wait till later for my four or five minutes. <laughs> um, so, Hong at this time is a school teacher, um, but he would lose his job... Um, the, I, I don't really see how they went into exactly like how he lost his job, but I just imagine it was just sort of him becoming obsessed with being like the second son of God that lost him his teaching job. Oh, you think? Because at this <laughs> at this time when you're like a teacher, you're you're sort of like a, like it's more of a tutor. What was he teaching? Like probably the same stuff he was studying to to pass the exam. Um, a lot of times. So the guy that failed a test four times was now teaching how to pass the test. Well, yeah, you know those those who can't teach. So. Oh my god. Okay. They nice. didn't they didn't have intramural sports yet, so he couldn't just be a be a history teacher slash coach. So. Ooh, what? That's not a self burn, is it? What? Well, no, that's like what do you call someone with a history degree? Coach. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I thought you were self burning yourself. I was like, please don't do that. No. Um, coach. His- yeah. Craig T. Nelson. Right, coach. Um, I think he just gave himself a nickname, Coach. So his his <laughs> friend, he has a friend named uh, Feng, uh, Feng Yunshan, and he joined Feng him. Yunshan? I gotta be honest with you, Yun, like, I used... Yunshan. I was reading Chinese history for a while there, because I just wanted to, like, I wanted to know more about it. It's very interesting. Every time you say a new name, I forget the last name we were talking about. <laughs> So just refer to him as Fung. All right, so Fung and Han. Yeah, so uh, Fung, Fung joins him, um, and they both sort of go out into Hakka communities in the countryside, and, and they sort of spread their beliefs, and they convert a lot of people in Guangxi province to their beliefs. So they convert primarily Hakka? That, that, that Hong yes. is the brother of Jesus. And that he, this sort of, um, the, this sort the of God came version of Christianity that. that he, okay. that he's preaching now are the hakas um, already christian version okay well no they're not like missionaries had already sort of been in the area but because they're both like haka and and they're also like more educated i think too than these than these farmers that they're able to sort of like convert them over wow they're 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 sort of doing doing the cult they're grifters well they're sort of doing the cult playbook like a lot of um the more cultish uh, sects of Christianity do, sure. where they just mainly like focus on poor, um, poor groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so during this time, Hong writes like his first big work, which is called Exhortations to Worship the One True God, um, which which might have had like like a like a sort of a colon uh, me. Um, <laughs> but but he he makes this work and. Fung makes this organization called the Society of God Worshippers. Um, so, um, in this sort of like chaotic period in, in China, um, Fung is able to, to sort of like band together um, these sort of Hakka communities and, and they're sort of this quasi-Christian belief and also sort of like a protection network against like other other groups 
Um, and, and against like the government and other people who are sort of preying on them. Um, like I said, the, the Hakka are a major minority group in southern China. They're one of the 56 recognized minority groups of China. Still um, to this day? Yes. Okay. Um, the, the Society of God Worshippers is iconoclastic, meaning that they don't believe in like having icons and things like that. And they're also um, hetero, uh, heterodox, meaning that they combine um, some concepts of Confucianism and Buddhism into their sort of quasi-Christian beliefs. Yeah, because all those, all of them are, they're like almost syncretic. Like they, they have to combine with some other type or interpretation in order to get to the next level and get people to and turn over. So their religion is literally a blend of Confucianism, Buddhism, and Christianity. Yeah, mostly the Christianity, but it, it, it adopts parts of the other ones. I mean, I can see how you could fit all the ones in there, too. Like, you know, preaching peace and things like that. Confucianism is very easy to, like, tack on to, like, the Abrahamic religions. Um, Around this time, there's a a Chinese Muslim scholar who makes, like, like, this big work that that sort of uh, reconciles Confucianism and, and... and Islam and talks about how, you know, like, like Islam is acceptable in Chinese society. Um, so to do the same with Christianity is not that hard because Confucianism is more like ways to live your life than an actual sort of, um, like religion as people in the West think of it. It's like a call. It's a cultural yeah, it, philosophy it, it, more or less. Yeah. Zen um, in the art of motorcycle maintenance. That's not Confucianism, though. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking the, Zen Buddhism. Buddhism. <laughs> yeah. Good try! Um, <clears throat> and again, this, this organization has this very firm definition of saved and damned, that you're either one or the other. There's not a state in between. That's unique. Um, so as, as anarchy increases in southern China... Um, the officials that are in sort of in charge of the areas, they try not to get involved in most of the conflicts because a lot of them are along ethnic lines. Um, so they just want them to sort of like like settle it amongst themselves because they don't want to have like sort of the national government be seen as like coming in and like oppressing them. Of course. Um, you and don't the, ever want the national government oppressing anybody. And the organization of God worshippers, uh, the Society of God worshippers, um, they emerge to protect Hakka communities from militias and bandits that are in the area. And then don't the Hakka communities have their own little militias you were well, saying too? Well, the ones that are wealthy do, but a lot of the poor communities don't. So when okay. these, when this sort of organization comes in and starts protecting them, that was sort of like their only option. Okay. Um, Hong would eventually go to Guangzhou in 1847 to study under an American Baptist missionary named... Isakar J. Roberts um, for several months, um, but because so Hong, Hong, is Hong a, went where to study under Jake the Snake Roberts? <laughs> <Just wanted to know. laughs> do some do some DDT yoga, Me, you know, dry out, Damien dry out for a bit, and Hong show, show him how to ride the python with the back of the behind the neck. <laughs> um. This is how you put these tights on. We're bringing Miss Elizabeth back. <laughs> I need you to rub me down with big oil. <laughs> I need you to hold this bag. Yeah, you don't want to open it. It's full of snakes. <laughs> but open it. Here, hold my snake. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 
because Hong doesn't really have a lot of money, um, he's he's not able to continue his study, and he returns to Guangxi, and he finds that Feng has created this large network of god worshippers. Um, well, and, and he, isn't it like, like there's, there's isn't it a large network of of, of Hong worshippers? Well, they, they they follow Hong's philosophy as as sort of given to them by Fung. So Hong is Hong is not really directly involved in this. It's mostly Fung is like going around and preaching the word of Hong. Yeah, and he's like sort of setting up franchises. Mm. Like oh God, like he's like each of these organizations. Um, it's not really like a very like centralized organization yet. Mm. It's very decentralized. So there's a lot of like local leaders of chapters. Yeah, but I mean, if if your besties with the guy whose brother is Jesus, I mean, you want to stand for that guy? Yeah, you like there are definitely people at the top, like Fung, and, and we'll we'll get to some of the other ones that emerge later on. I um, mean, you know that these guys are like the the quintessential brown nosers. They're gonna go around screaming Hong as loud as they can to everybody, like, "Man, you should check out my boy. That's Jesus' brother." Um. Oh Fung. baby, Jesus's brother with the triple double from downtown. I just want to find oh, out boy. what the N one announcer is doing right now and have him redo all of our intros. <laughs> oh, baby. talking about the Taiping Rebellion. He's getting Dick Vitalia to do it. No, it's either, Taiping, baby. <laughs> either him or resurrect uh, Jr. Isn't Jr. dead? J- J- Jim Ross? Uh, no, yeah. he's alive. He's still alive. Yeah, no. he goes around. Okay. His wife died, but he goes around talking. His wife died. She got like fucking mauled on a moped. Like it was, it was actually kind of a ridiculous death. Mauled by. She was on what? a fucking moped. She got hit by. I think she was walking and got hit by some guy on a moped. I can't remember exactly. So she got not a moped, a scooter, like one of those fucking. Well, she sco- got into an accident. She wasn't mauled. No, you, you know, I was just using the word. You say mauled, mauled. I like, like she, she got a moped just, and a bear came she out. She was of the using hyperbole. Yeah, she got fucked up by a scooter. Damn. Yeah, it's a fucking. It That's was shitty. awful. Yeah, but anyway, he's alive and he could do the podcast. He might do it. You know, Jr. If you're out there, hit us up. Uh, the trilateral troika at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, well, boys, I'd like to thank you for your invite. Uh, I'm not coming. <laughs> Y'all don't make any money. No ads. Uh, by the way, uh, me undies. Hit us up. The it's by God, he's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> if, That's me undies. Who's the guy from if, Chapo? We get him to do like just the impression. Jesse. Oh, uh, James. Yeah, just get Jesse the butt. You know something about Hong is. Fung, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, at this point, has sort of um, come to the attention of the authorities, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's he's arrested and deported from to Guangdong. So he's he's essentially exiled from Guangxi province and sent to Guangdong province. Like Guangxi province literally means like she means west and Dong means east. So they're they're two province it's sort of like a North North Dakota, South Dakota, North Carolina, South Carolina situation, but done uh-huh. on like east west lines. <laughs> um, Too bad so- he couldn't call our boy Trotsky to find out what to do about exile. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's sent to Guangdong um, by a local militia leader, and and Hong journeys to Guangdong um, to argue Feng's innocence, and this goes on for about seven months. Um, His journey or the trial? The the just him trying to get him like allowed to come back to Guangxi province. 
Okay. Um, in that time, um, the religious I'm fervor... I'm the brother of Jesus, motherfucker. Let my man come back. The, the religious fervor <laughs> of the god worshippers um, exploded, and local leaders are beginning to use them for sort of political ends. Um, and How many are we talking, Steve? There's like a bunch, like <laughs> like probably like several dozen like major leaders. No, no, no. I mean, like, how many people did Fung get into his fold? Probably around this period, I I, I would guess around twenty thousand. Holy shit! That's a bit. Um, that's, so that's an Oz. Because you're gonna that... tell me with twenty thousand people behind him, Hong couldn't go there and be like, yo. Not only am I Jesus's little brother, uh, but I got twenty thousand people it's, ready it's to China. stand for you gotta, me. It's China. You gotta, you gotta take off, you know, some zeros in terms of like how it how it balances out to like what it would be here, yeah. since there's so many people. I was gonna say if he walks um, up with like an Ozfest, they're just kind of like, uh, get out of here. <laughs> they gotta walk up with like a Ramstein in Moscow. Yeah, exactly, 600, exactly. <laughs> a Metallica. The the Jesus. um the these, these sort of leaders and their increased militancy um, is causing a lot of conflict because they're they're going against like non-believers and they're destroying idols and proselytizing. So they're just like going into villages and like ransacking temples and destroying things. You and, you believe in this now? Fights with non-believers. You believe in this now? And I'm shitting on this building. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> in funk in. In eighteen in eighteen forty nine, there would be a period of famine as well. Um, so from eighteen forty nine to eighteen fifty, and this also causes increased conflict. It's like groups are vying with each other for survival in these these conditions. How bad is the famine? How how bad are we talking? Uh, it was it wasn't like one of the biggest famines in China, but it's just one of these like cyclical periods of where like food is hard to come by. So. It, Sorry, ten thousand y'all gonna die. Sorry. Yeah, like they're they're not counting, but it's probably like in the thousands. That's um, fucking nutty. During during this period, a, a member of the society named um, Yong Xiaoqing, uh, um, he begins to increase his power, and he claims that he's at time possessed by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like uh, like he would, the ho- Holy Spirit. Yeah, he's essentially doing the speaking in tongues thing. Starting, except, like, starting point guard for Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> he, where he'll, where he'll go into a trance and be like, this is the Holy Spirit. I think you should listen to Young. Young is a good guy. He knows what's happening. Um, when when Hong and Fung return, um, they, they sort of question him, but then in the end, they believe he's genuine. Like, oh my God. like the, the guys pitching their own, like crazy bullshit, like listen to this guy and they're like, no, nah, he's legit. every, t- so it's <laughs> funny. It's like <laughs> for every person, crazy recognized crazy every dog. person you say like Hong Fong or Yang, every single one of them to me visually looks like Napoleon Hill. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, you'll be rich. <laughs> Um, and around this time, uh, Hong and the other leaders believed that the time had come to leave Guangxi province and make a new home for themselves outside the province. Guys, um, I think we've uh, worn out our welcome here. Because the, the famine-like conditions are, are in this, this sort of area, um, they, they sort of sell all their worldly possessions to fund the expedition, and they, they sort of create this armed camp of 20,000 people that marches. You know the whole worldly possession yeah. thing that bothers me? They're never naked. 
No, I mean, they sell, like, their homes. and they Yeah, but, you know, those clothes are worldly possessions, bro. If they were serious about it, they'd be naked. I'm going to take, like, if someone's like, I got rid of all my worldly possessions and they're naked, I'm like, this guy's fucking serious. <laughs> he did not even <laughs> I think Kong and the generals were the only ones wearing, like, nice clothes. I thought you were, they're, they're were going like, to say that the only ones who were naked. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, get naked. Uh, Hong, Fong, and Yang are listening to the jazz naked. <laughs> um, on 100.9, <laughs> smooth jazz. On, on January 11th, 1851, after um, after winning some victories against the Qing uh, on sort of their march, um, they it, it's Hong's 38th birthday, and they declare the heavenly kingdom of great peace, which is the, the Taiping. Uh, tai, tai usually means like great or extreme, and Ping means like peace. Yeah, because Tai Chi means grand ultimate fist. It what? does. Really? Yeah, it's one of the translations. Grand, that's, grand that's like a very like like flowery translation. Well, fucking just... kung fu is very flowery. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you took it from like a literal non like nineteenth century like yeah. like Englishman like translation, it would just grand be like spirit. great fist, grand. the most fist. Well, tai tai chi tai chi twin is grand ultimate fist. But grand, I think it's like just there's grand a, ultimate. There's, there's a BJJ place near where I work, and uh, I'm gonna tell them you said that their shit is flowery. Uh, no, I would not tell a Brazilian jiu-jitsu <laughs> school that they're flowery. That I wouldn't was... walk in. Is it Gracie or well, Machado first... fucking oriented? Well, I wouldn't go in well, there and be like, yeah, this is real fucking flowery shit. You're going to walk out with well, no first legs. Of all, <laughs> first of all, jiu-jitsu is Japanese. And second of all, it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So it's just like... A- like people in Brazil just took the most violent and useful like forms of the martial art and further weaponized it. I mean, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely more nuanced than that, but I I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. They they essentially took a martial if art. If you want to walk the, into the like creator of if it. you walk into a building like that says that they train uh, wushu uh, or any kind of northern kung fu style, and they're not actually Chinese. Yeah, you can go in there and say it's flowery. <laughs> no problem. You you could probably beat them too. <laughs> I don't know. They might they might run around the room and just like wave their hand to him and like cause him to cause him uh, to faint. Uh, it's just the worst. Every fucking sparring. Every time we fucking sparred. Like I believe that my teachers had skills, but every time we fucking sparred. It just turned into, like, this fucking boxing match. And I'm just sitting there like, what is this? This isn't kung fu. I'm going to kick the can down the road to the title boxing club. Because this is just some bullshit. You know? It's ridiculous. (laughs) Anyway. So this newly declared empire, they moved to the north and east. Uh, Now, did they call it the Thai what? The Thai what? You said Thai, and then we went on a big rant. Thai ping. So they called it Thai ping. What's ping? It means, like, peace. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. See, I, I, was, I was so wrapped um, up in flowery kung fu, and that's that's sort of <laughs> that's sort of what they're like. Um, usually, when a when a dynasty has like a name, that's sort of like what their dynastic name is, and usually it's something relating to like either like peace or strength or or something that's like good. Mm-hmm. It's um, and, and so they're they're moving to the north and east. Um, Qing generals and bureaucrats are are unable to really stop them. Um, or or break, um, and and the Taiping are are able to either escape or break sieges when they're when they're just sort of trapped in a place. I have a question. <clears throat> this uh, actually 
has very, very little to do with what we're talking about, but where is the Hunan province? Hunan, which we'll get to, is sort of to the north of Guangxi province. Okay. Uh, in, in relation to China itself, where is the Hunan province? Like south central. <laughs> what part of China are you from, anyway? South no, central. No, let's get to, let, let's fast forward to the Hunan province, baby. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of Hunan, uh, the Hudat Saints are in overtime right now. Fucking <laughs> who? I say ESPN had them in going to the Super Bowl, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so um, anymore. Listen, Brady's out, so now um, it's anybody. Uh, Brady's out, so now it's interesting. Yeah. It, it during this period where where they're just sort of like the the Taiping are just like evading these officials or, or fighting them off. Um, it's speculated that that a competent general and a strategy could have defeated them, but because everything is so decentralized, like I mentioned. Um, and compartmental that the that they aren't really able to really deal with them. Right, China was a mess. Um, like we're talking right now, we're talking like what mid eighteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds. Yeah, it's around it's it's eighteen fifty um, eighteen fifty one. <clears throat> I could be wrong, but and you can correct me. Obviously, that's why I'll, I feel the freedom to be incorrect. Is uh, China was a, a huge mess militarily until like like the early nineteen hundreds, right? Well, yeah, it, it's it was very much um, the the Manchus had what was called a banner system, and it was that a banner was like sort of like almost like a Roman legion, where it's sort of a um, a, a self um, like sort of a, a self um, governed uh, military unit that that sort of had like a leader, like almost like sort of modeled after like a tribal like chieftain, mm. and. And like for instance, the the Mongols who were under them, they were their banners were not allowed to leave, um, what what is today like Mongolia, or, or mm. in the province of Inner Mongolia. Like they were locked to their geographic area, and that if they ever wanted to leave for say like a, a religious pilgrimage, because most Mongolians at that time are Tibetan Buddhists, they would need to um, they would have to apply for like a special pass. So everything's like very decentralized. Everything's <laughs> very much like. This general controls this, like, this division or whatever. And though they do answer to the emperor, it's not like there's somebody in, like, the national government really keeping very good track of things. Wow. Okay. Um, and, and outside of uh, Chuanzhou uh, in Guangxi province, while making their way to the border um, to travel into Hunan, um, Feng... Uh, Yunshan is uh, mortally wounded by like a Qing rifleman. Um, the the uh, essentially they were they they were passing by uh, Chuanzhou and they weren't going to like mess with it. But while they were passing near the city, um, Feng is like killed by this um, by this guy who shoots him. This this sort of like overzealous soldier. Um, and because of that, the Taiping besiege the city and kill everyone who remain within it in retaliation. Fuck yeah, they kill my boy Fung. And then uh, Fung was, was mortally Was Fung God at all? Because like the other guy, he's the Holy Spirit. No, Fung and was, then Hong, was Jesus Christ's brother's hype man. Yeah, he, he was hype like man. the he was Don. The he was like the Don King of the of like the the Holy yeah, yeah, Trinity. He was the, he was the Don King. So of, it was of Jesus. Hong. It was the Holy Spirit. He was the and manager. Then it was Don King. Right there's oh there, there's also yes. a guy that chattels Jesus, but he doesn't really do very much. So I don't 
I don't bring him That's up. That's kind of what I think Jesus would do anyway, though, right? That's the most believable one. Um, so, so Fung dies soon after they, they destroy the city. He was mortally wounded. Um, and then so they, they move into to Hunan province, um, and they begin recruiting triads and others dissatisfied with the Qing. Uh, most of the triads sort of wash out. Aren't they kind of just because, borrowing the triads? Well, they, they the triads, like, they want to get in because they want to use the organization exactly. for their own means. Exactly. But... But they, they, they sort of wash out because the, the Taiping, which we'll get to what their beliefs are, like, it's very difficult, especially during this period, to, like, live among them. So they just either, like, quit or get kicked out. Jeez. Um, on September of 1852, um, they besiege um, Changsha, the, the provincial capital of, of Hunan. And around that time, they've grown to about 120,000 uh, members. Um, okay, so no, so significantly more than our twenty thousand that we yes, started with. Yes, so they're they're growing. Um, the siege is broken, and, and they're driven off. Um, they they travel north. Um, they successfully loot in um, the the city of Wuchang, um, which is today part of uh, Wuhan in Hubei province, which is like a it's a pretty big like modern city in China. Um, and it, and it was at that time Wuchang was the provincial capital. Um, at, at this point, um, they've reached about um, five hundred thousand members. Jeez. So within a year, they've they've like they they've so the, almost grown like five times. So like so see like today's so like for any of the people listening right now that don't understand numbers, <laughs> they're like the equivalent of uh, YouTube subscribers at a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like you see it all the time. Like, somebody just has like I've actually I follow this one magician, and uh, when I first started following, him, he had 168 thousand subscribers. I does he do card tricks? Yeah, it's uh, Chris Ramsey. Well, actually, I think he had less than 100k when I first started following. Probably a couple, couple years ago. I'm just ago. wondering because you're constantly shuffling. Yeah, cards. he's like, he's one of my favorite. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I'm yeah. I haven't put cards down the entire episode, but uh, when I first started following him, he had like less than 100k, and then he went like over 100k and it was a big thing and then as soon as he got over like 150k it was just like every week he had a new fucking post about how he was at 300k and now he's at like 3.6 million and it's only been like two years maybe because i've only been doing so, i've only or, been doing slight for two years hong shai so like yeah, hong, <laughs> hong is on his way to his silver button or whatever his his, his silver, silver youtube button. plaque yeah yeah man i'm gonna put this <laughs> platinum play button he's just sitting there with a cigar and some brandy listening to some jazz like and subscribe <laughs> hong hong loves to hear the bell so make sure you make sure you hit it <laughs> it's the um, old school chinese gong ding. <laughs> make sure you hit Hot. that gong uh, on March nineteenth, eighteen fifty three, the the Taiping take Nanjing. Um, not Nanjing itself; it had been a Ming capital. It's it's a major city, um, and, and they rename it um, Tianjin, literally meaning like heavenly capital. When was that? Eighteen fifty eight. Eighteen fifty three. Sorry. Yeah, we're taking this, and we're going to rename it. Um, it's now called the heavenly <laughs> capital. By this point, they've grown to two million members. Holy shit! See what I tell you um, about YouTube. When they <laughs> when they take the city, they kill all the Manchu men in the city, and they force oh. the women outside the city, and then they burn them all. Steve, let me ask you a question: What makes? How do you differentiate a Manchu man? 
Um, you can. Well, one of the one of the ways do they is wear yellow like scarves? The, well, they would they would wear like um the style of dress. Um, the Manchu wear like a costume, like like you know, like like little Gohan and like Dragon Ball Z, like when he's like a kid. Yes. Yeah. You know, like that, like that's like the outfit. Like if you've ever seen the Last Emperor, like you know the outfit he has Dude. to wear when he's like a baby. I was like, that's like a Manchu. You know outfit. the scene in the Last Emperor where he's pooping. You know, like yeah, yeah. and they look at. I it. fucking I, for years that made me not want to finish that movie. Because like I was a kid when I was watching it, and I was like, that is so fucking gross. <laughs> I swear to God, like I saw it, and I was just like, this is gross, man. What's going on here? Um, I mean, but. The, the Manchu sort of have, like, a mandated, like, people have to dress a certain way, like, law. Like, for instance, like, if you watch, like, old martial arts movies, like, you know how they have, like, the front of their head, like, shaved, and they'll have a pony Like tail? a ton- tonsure kind of thing? It, well, it's called a... It, it's called a Q. Oh, the Q. Or, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the Q. Yeah. Another reference, yeah, 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 yeah. by the way, to, um... Uh, to, uh... Never mind, I can't think of the name of it. Um, but... So you, if you're a man in China during this period, like you have to wear a queue. Like if you don't wear a queue, it's it's like a major crime. Uh, East of Eden is what I was referring to before. Guys, they make like a big point about talking about the queue in that book. There's there, uh, okay. It, it's like if you cut off your queue, like it, it's considered like a capital crime. Oh Jesus. shit. Um, and, like, a lot of, like, the early, like, Chinese nationalists, like, they make a big deal out of, like, publicly cutting off their cues and, like, decrying, like, the chain. You know, I got some nice sideburns, um, and I've, I've told the lady who cuts them that if you, if you chop these off, it's, that's it. You're dead. Um, man, <laughs> Never coming to see you again. Man, slash your tires and all that. Manchu women also don't, uh, bind their feet. Um, foot binding is very popular, um, but the, uh, the Manchu women are forbidden from binding their feet. Yeah, no, nah, fuck that shit. Why do you want to totally go and, like, oh, God, I'm trying to think of the right word. <laughs> Retard the growth of your feet for aesthetic purposes. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's because women are objects. Um, or, or essentially in that, uh, that mindset. It, it's just to make them more desirable to a husband. Because um, China, is, like, tradition- the minute she takes her sh- fucking shoes off, she's going to be the least desirable thing well, in the world. Like, what tra- the fuck? Yo, what happened to Betty's foot? Me. Traditionally, <laughs> traditionally, China is very much like India, where you have to marry off your your daughters because your daughters aren't like a part of like the son stays in the family and the daughters are sent off. So as soon as you marry off your daughter, you have like one less mouth to feed. So the idea is you want to make your daughters, like, desirable um, to be married so you can, like, get rid of them. So basically hoping that dude doesn't, like, homeboy doesn't see her feet before they're married. Well, no, like, like all, like, women. At all. Yeah, no, at all. Because I, when they take their shoes off, the women that have had foot binding done, those are horrific looking. Usually they wrap their feet. Like, they, their feet don't, like, they, they stay wrapped because there's also, like, a terrible smell to it because you're, like... Your your foot is necrotizing. Oh God. Um, so they 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 kill all the Manchu men. They they force all the women out of the city and they burn them to death. Um, and they do this because they claim that the Manchus are demons. Um, and and Hong is declared the heavenly king, um, and he begins to organize the the new kingdom and the military on traditional Chinese models. 
uh, mainly those depicted in a, in a classical text called The Rites of Joe, which is a, um, a work that sort of describes like the Joe dynasty, which was this, technically the third dynasty of China, but the second one that we can actually confirm existed. Joe dynasty sounds okay. like, a, like a guy who plays fantasy sports. <laughs> or, a, or a professional poker player. <laughs> yeah, Look at the sunglasses on Joe Dynasty. You can't read his face. He's got um, the backwards hat, and he's got the shirt with the real, real, real tight shirt with like 97 different endorsements yeah, that, on Yeah, I it. believe yeah. that size is called Schmedium. <laughs> so, uh, uh, apparently, Joe Dynasty uh, uh, got dressed in his little brother's closet this morning. I'm <laughs> not really sure what's going on over Joe there. Joe Dynasty, very weird poker player. Back to you, Steve. How did he get endorsed by U-Haul? <laughs> um, in U-Haul, hit us up. Uh, the uh, trilateral trade at gmail.com. In in traditional Chinese fashion, um, they announce that they're um, as they establish like this new dynasty. Um, they announce uh, like a new calendar, um, and they also de- announce their desire to banish um, the the Manchus from China, who they refer to as the Northern Barbarians. Their sort of, like, syncretic Christian beliefs are, are very, like, confusing to a lot of people, and a lot of, a lot of people are turned off to it because of um, a lot of the restrictions they have. Um, it, the, the Taiping are not allowed to have alcohol, opium, or tobacco. They're banned. Um, and the sexes are segregated, including married couples. Um, sexual relations were punishable by death until 1855. And nope, in, couldn't live there. And in, in 1855, <laughs> they they changed this due to um, its unpopularity and the fact that Hong no, no shit <laughs> is Hong is like keeping a harem of women in like a traditional like Chinese emperor like fashion. So they all know that he's like sleeping with all these women himself. Um, so, so they're. Ugh, I'm surprised they didn't uprise and kill that. Well, dude it's that. it's sort of like like yeah, this is actually like really common. Like this is like Waco. Because there's anger. Like Waco was like this. There's anger, yeah, and I then remember, there's like you can't drink, you can't smoke, no boners, anger, and that is serious anger. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it, it's sort of like I said, it's like Waco, but but Hong's never like smart enough to like explain away why. Like he's able to have all these like women and like have sex all he had and nobody to do was else. Say, is... I'm the brother of Jesus, he, bitch. That's should have just said because something that's... along the lines of, "I couldn't pass that test, and I'm just trying to make up for it because I feel bad about it." <laughs> and these women are just here to help. Can you imagine if somebody saw him like it didn't like like remembered him from being? Oh, I remember like, hey, that guy. He didn't Hong. pass a test. Hong, is that you? Hong. Oh, is that you? Did you ever pass that test? No, you didn't. Oh. You, you didn't. Wait, who are all these Wait, millions be, of people? It would be that like whatever they this have. Guy, like this guy was an idiot. Why are y'all listening to him? Hong, it, what do you get? Get down from there, Hong. You don't I believe he was. It's like when someone does something like terrible, and they always have that person in the news from like their hometown or whatever. Like he was always such a quiet man. Like. He was always yeah, failing those tests, like, Yo, but... This dude was a fucking clown. This brings up my favorite. Yeah, no, we all knew he was going to do some dumb shit. Up my, one of my favorite George Carlin skits ever. He's like, it's the quiet ones you got to watch. And he's like, I'll bet you anything that while you're paying attention to some quiet one, a noisy one will fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh. 
the Taiping do have like an equality of the sexes that um, women are organized into combat units and they do do manual labor. Um, though most like Chinese women who live in the countryside, like you're probably going to be doing manual labor anyways. Yeah, they got. They um, got... So it's not like unless you're wealthy, like everybody works. Um, foot binding and the queue, like I mentioned, are banned. Um, the Hakka had always been opposed to foot binding, so it's not really that big of a change for them. Um, but the queue was forced upon like all men by the Manchus. It was it was sort of like a form of control. That you would have to have your hair done in that way. Oh, bro, I went to Catholic school. I wore a uniform. I remember. <laughs> um, dur- during this period, and for a lot of the the, the Taiping, um, when they actually have like a nation, um, Hong rules in seclusion and through decrees. Um, he doesn't really like leave his chambers very much. Um, and Yang does a similar thing, but his decrees come from his like trances he would enter into. <laughs> Um, and we'll we'll get to one of those, and it is very much like <laughs> just he trance. becomes God. <laughs> Little and Caesar's then, like, pizzas will be fifty percent <laughs> off on Wednesday. So say it. Like, Publix Bogo. This is this is the voice of God. You should give Young the last slice of cheesecake. Young really likes cheesecake and is working hard for me as my prophet. <laughs> From now on, and next week, Publix. Chicken tendy subs will be on sale for six nine. I'm sick of the light eighties mix they play. Please switch it to slow jazz. Um, the the Taiping also engage, which I think is one of the reasons why they're popular, is they engage in sort of a radical form of land redistribution. Um, and where they give equal plots of land to men and women, and they they further divide society into sort of communes that are called families. It's sort of a proto-commune system, which is one reason why the the Taiping are held in like high esteem by Maoists. Okay. Okay. Um, and and this is sort of one of those things too, where it seems like the the division of land is good, but it's also been brought up that like nothing was really done to gauge like the land over time so sometimes like someone might be given like land that ends up being bad while somebody is given land that ends up being good so while land was subdivided like you weren't always guaranteed to get something you could actually like farm and live off of hmm you were just guaranteed land that was it yeah this sounds a lot like australia (laughs) hey no jokes they're currently on fire well no i mean I, i i'm not making fun of the fact that they're on fire he's he's calling back to the the soldier settlement plan they had oh okay. where they were just giving people land but their ability to actually like maintain the land or it actually being farmable were not really things that they you know looked into yeah um the the taiping they begin expanding um and, and they're focused on moving north towards beijing which is the imperial capital oh um during, during this time, Yong has been elevated to what's referred to as the East King, and he's begun to clash increasingly with other leaders like Hong. Um, there's also like one for each of the directions. Um, so there are four earthly kings, and then there are um, there's Hong, who's the heavenly king. So there's like north side, south side, east side, <coughs> west side. Yeah. And then, then, then like the OG, triple OG, my boy Hong, who's the brother of Jesus Christ. Jesus Jr. In, in, 1850, in 1856, yeah, 
<laughs> Jesus too. Great value. Jesus, great Jesus value. Great value. Jesus. Kirkwood, Kirkwood Jesus. Thai value. Thai, so in Walmart, in 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 Walmart in China, is it called Thai value? God. <laughs> Hong Hong value Jesus. Uh, Hong value. <laughs> Oh, man. In in 1856, mm. this all comes to a head in what's called the, the Tianjin Incident. That sounds really familiar. Uh, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So after, this also sounds like it's going to be something serious because nothing nothing with the word incident ever you know ends up being something good. Yeah, like you think about the Guns N' Roses album, the spaghetti incident. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes. That's right. I, nothing, nothing is good with the incident. Hey. Hey, all I'm talking about is is that Chinese democracy took so long to come out, it was never going to be as good as anyone ever thought it would be. I'm just, neither of you fuck up your recording. I'm having too much fun, all right? All right, go ahead. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Tianjin is like under sieges for a lot of, for like a, a long period of time, pretty much from when they take the city um, until like 1860. And in 1856, on June 20th, they're able to like temporarily lift the siege. They're they're able to push back the the seizures, and they're able to to sort of like uh, freely like control the city. Um, and, and during this period, Yang calls Hong to his residence, and he claims as God during a trance that Yang should be an equal to Hong. The, you know that 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 Yang goes into his like God mode, and he's like, well. You know, Young here is a good guy, and I feel like he's on the same <laughs> level as you. It's like it's like the governmental equivalent of like playing with guns as ch- as children. Like you totally got shot, Jimmy. You were right in front of it when I pulled the trigger. Okay, the rules are that if I shoot you, you are dead. So lay on the front lawn. Well, well Steve, I can see John sitting there like in this godlike trance, eyes closed, and every now and then, you know, he's faking it, but just like peeking through one eye, looking at Hong, make sure he's paying attention. Oh yeah, and uh, your your friend Hong should, to- or your friend Yong should totally be on the same level with you. I know he's not related to the late JC, but he should definitely be controlling people just you like know, you. According are. to my so- trance, I get all the rice. All of it. <laughs> I get double helpings for this. <laughs> so, so unfortunately for Yang, Hong had like a level three shield up. So, <laughs> so Yang's bullets just his god bullets just bounce off his Jesus. Shield. And their persuade skill was not leveled up. That's yeah, he, uh, he rolled, that's the name. He rolled under the he rolled under the DC. That's the name of the not. episode. Typing rebellion, god bullets <laughs> bouncing off of a Jesus shield. Big up, big up to Sean Price and Jazz. Um, Young, Young had sent away the other three kingdoms on missions before he, um, before he talked with uh, Hong, um, but Hong had them all recalled um, soon after this. Um, Hong had two of the kings, uh, Wei Changhui and Qin uh, Rugong. Uh, kill Yang and his family and all of his immediate followers. So they they each have like their own like sort of compound. Like like think of like you know how like the the traditional like Chinese mansion with like a courtyard and mm-hmm. and everything in yeah. it. It's like one of I those. I just think of like Crouching Tiger. It's exactly dragon. like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. And okay. so he he sends in these two generals and they kill all of Yang's like Yang, his followers, his family, um, and then. 
Um, what they do is they claim, like Hong claims that he's going to punish Wei and Chin, that he didn't order them to do this, and that they're going to be publicly like beaten. And so he does this to bring out the 6,000 followers who are loyal to, to Young, and he, he sort of invites them all to watch them get beaten, and like they, they show up and they're like, they're, they're sort of like whipping them, and then after after they get everybody in there, they just start systematically killing them all. Like they, they stop the ruse and just start like, and they kill 6,000 people. Good God. So, but at what point, uh, I'm trying to think of how I can phrase this. Did Young just get jealous of Hong? Yeah, he, he pretty much wanted. Did he just get tired of being the hype man and be like, yo, listen, like I want to make more money. I want more people I think, to listen to what the fuck I say. Well, I, he wasn't really the hype man. Remember, he's the one who channels like God. So his whole deal is that he's like he's like a competing like like voice that that he sort of acquiesced to Hong in the past, but now he's pretty much come out and said like no no I'm your equal. Okay, it was like go. when I was I'm in high school God. and my friends were watching DBZ, and then one day my one friend comes in and it's like five of us, and he's like everyone like if you if you had to make your own like Dragon Ball Z characters like you know we were making like a fan fiction he's like if you had to make your own DBZ characters what would you be but everyone was Goku of course like Let's, everybody yeah. was absolutely way too strong like you can't have the power to control reality dude you <laughs> no. can't have two of those guys in the same show <laughs> I'd just go with Piccolo because Piccolo look cool yeah they talk like this um so one of the remaining kings, um, she she Dakai, um, she was not included in this this sort of like counter coup, and um, he was done this because of his his beliefs that he was sympathetic to Yong, and they didn't think they could trust him. And one of the kings Wei even suggests that that she might be a traitor. So she um, she arrives in Tianjin, but he leaves soon after. Um, and then she's family and his retinue are slaughtered by um, the other kings. Jeez. Um, she is able to muster an army of 100,000 followers, and he demands the heads of Wei and Chin. And so um, Chin had been sent um, by Wei to halt Xi's advance, um, but Wei then planned to kill Hong, um, but was found out by Hong. And then so... Um, Hong kills Wei, and then Chin is lured back to, to Tianjin from going after Xi, and then he's also killed by so Hong. Hong is just like, How? my boy couldn't pass those tests, but he could kill a motherfucker. And then, and then after- How ballsy do you have to be to go after this guy, too? Like, I'm gonna go after the guy who's the self-proclaimed He killed the Holy Christ. Spirit. You got some balls to go after him. And then Xi... She is made the head of the military after everything's all said and done. He he gives him the he gives she the heads of Wei and Chin, and then um, but she like not long after this he flees again, um, fearing that like Hong's gonna kill him. Wow. Yeah, he's been killing everybody else. Why the fuck not? It, during during while this is happening in in Hunan, um, a, a Qing official named uh, Zhang Guofan. He has organized this this sort of army called the Xiang Army, or or the Hunan Army, and it's an army composed of like local militias that he's organized into a, a sort of a cohesive force, um, and it's all funded by local nobles, not the central imperial government. So he just sort of makes this like militia army. Okay. 
Okay. Um, he's able to make headway, and he takes um, Changsha and Wuchang by the end of 1856. Um, so he's he's slowly making his way into like to Nanjing. All right. Um, at, during this time period, like uh, foreigners are somewhat interested in the Taiping because when they hear like Chinese Christian nation, they're like really happy especially like the missionaries but a lot of this like quickly evaporates um after the missionaries um journey to the kingdom or learn about the taiping version of christianity Mm -hmm. like they're like they're like awesome finally like god's word and then um god's plan into these these godless chinese over here chinese chinese christian chinese kingdom god's plan um and then the the british um, they're they're bound to neutrality due to their treaty and in, in Qing internal affairs, um, but they send a delegation to investigate the type. Whoa, whoa, whoa! The uh, Qing the, internal affairs is that the forerunner of the modern CIA? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like that? <laughs> Dad jokes. The, the QIA. <laughs> oh, that's right. Fucking racism. Nice try, God though. Damn it. Nice try, though. You know what, Steve? <laughs> you know what, Steve? Ying Wen. All right, English. <laughs> They, the the British send this. That's all I know how to say in in Chinese is like uh, it's English. It's like speak English or something. I don't know. Or do you speak English? Yeah. Um. So the the British are, they they send this delegation to speak with the Taiping, um, but the Taiping's like beliefs, um, and their their provisions against opium make the British dislike them. Like like they're sort of like oh so you're you're crazy. Hey, let me get this straight. You don't, you don't do anything. So they're like, no, 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 we're we're not gonna, we're not gonna help you guys out. <laughs> You're um, crazy. You don't do anything. We get nothing out of this. I'm not helping. Yeah. You shit. No. Fuck out of my face. In in 1860, <clears throat> Hong's cousin, uh, Hong Hong uh, Rengan, he he comes to visit uh, Tianjin, and he's given uh, like sort of the secondary position to his cousin. Hmm. So he replaces Yang. And Reg- yeah, Rengan, he becomes, um, he had been like a translator in Hong Kong, and he's very educated. Like, he speaks English pretty well and was doing translations. Um, and a lot of this was done to fill a power vacuum that had emerged after the Tianjin incident, because he doesn't really have anybody, like, high up or, or like, sort of capable that he can trust. So he just sort of gives his cousin... The, the same power as now, how many times had. did his cousin fail the test <laughs> i think i don't think his cousin like took the test because he was like working in like hong okay. kong okay. um so so rengan they should have made him take the test though he should have been like hey listen if you go if you're gonna come back well a thing ab- test. a thing about him too is that he was actually like a presbyterian like he had actually like converted to a mainstream version of christianity hmm. Um, and he was very knowledgeable of Western society, and a lot of what he wanted to do was reform the Taiping. And um, but many of his ideas were like ignored. Um, he did convince the Taiping to stop calling Westerners barbarians. Cool, appreciate you. So he wants to he wants to sort of like modernize the modernize the Taiping, but they they won't really listen to him. Um, but at, by the end of 1860, um, the siege of Tianjin has been permanently lifted. Um, so it, it had been going off, like I said, going off and on since 1853. 
Um, and because of this, um, they, they decide to expand and they take um, some of the major cities that are in the area, such as uh, in, in Zhejiang and in, in Jiangsu province, um, which is sort of like the wealthiest area of China during this time period. Okay. Um, by this period as well, the uh, the Xiang army has made its way to the Yangtze River, and it's sort of moving east. It, is it the Yangtze River? Yeah, uh, it, Yangtze would be like the uh, would be like sort of the, the Western in, pronunciation of it. The, the Western butchering of it. So how does it correctly pronounced then? Yangtze. Yangtze. Okay. Um, so in August of eighteen sixty. Um, the Taiping uh, moved to, to take Shanghai, um, but they're repulsed by what's called the Ever Victorious Army. And this is why would you even start that fight? <laughs> All right, guys. Today we're going after. Uh, well, I know I don't even want to say it, but we're going after the Ever the Ever what's Victorious Army. We're going after the Ever Victorious. Army. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, the they're, Ever they're Victorious what? Army. I'm sorry. Is this like the locker room chat what, where yeah. like he comes what, what in, uh, takes the well, trash can? <sighs> They're undefeated. Uh, they're they're ever victorious. They're like they lost at one point. They lost a battle against a force of four well, million, and those four million soldiers, uh, right after winning, they fell dead. And the last ever victorious guy ended up being the winner of the whole fucking war. This is was that four million state or four million you? Well, well that 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 team who won, they they left. It's, it's like the Harlem Globetrotters and that one like Washington Generals team that like won when they weren't supposed to, and then just like left, like didn't even go to the locker room, just like fled the city. We gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they were never heard from again. <laughs> um, the the ever victorious army was a was a force of Qing soldiers that were formed and funded by U.S. and French nationals, and they were led by a British military veteran named Charles George Gordon. God, can you imagine if they fuck up and lost a battle? Um, they are they are trained and organized in a Western fashion. Uh, making them sort of a model for future Qing military units. Now, would that? Now, um, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean anything. I'm not trying to insult Chinese military from 1850, <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> like, would would that make them more efficient to be Westernized? Yeah, because they're not like, because like the the Qing are still fighting in like a fashion that's very much like medieval warfare. Okay. Like with with like pikemen and like I would say it's more like a renaissance like where you have pikemen and you have you have people with like the equivalent of a musket and maybe some cannons, but they're not really fighting in like say like a civil war era like like very they get, like, like more like the horse archers and right. stuff. Like yeah, that. it's not it's like, like what age of empires it, age are we at? <laughs> They're in the. They're still in the Renaissance. The Western powers are in like the Industrial Revolution. Oh my God. Um, so these these guys are um, they're they're pretty good because they're so well trained um, and led. They're able to sort of push back the Taiping, who are not really like that good militarily. And the Western nations, with the consent of the Qing, um, begin aiding Qing forces in combating the Taiping. Um, because the Taiping try to conquer this like mainly Western um, controlled city, the the Western powers like pretty much agree that they need to like cut this out before it damages you know uh, trade. From from 1861 to 1862, the Taiping launch uh, a new Eastern expedition and are able to take Hangzhou and the treaty point uh, treaty port of Ningbo, which is sort of by Shanghai, um, and they they surround Shanghai again, but they're unable to take mm-hmm. it. 
Um, and then the ever victorious army liberates Ningbo on May uh, in May of 1862, so about five months after the occupation began. It, on May in May of 1862, the Xiang army besieges Nanjing until 1864. Um, the Xiang are outnumbered, but they're able to keep the siege going mainly due to the fact that the Taiping are not that good militarily. Um, That's unfortunate. Uh, Xiao Chuan he claims that God will will strike down the besiegers, but but nothing ever happens to them. In in 1863, uh, uh, Xiao Dakai is is captured. He had been on the run. Um, he surrenders to authorities in Sichuan. Um, he's executed by in, in a fashion referred to as Ling Chi, which is uh, a death by slow cutting. Ugh. Oh man! All right, I want this in great detail. And it's it's where the slowly. <laughs> it's where they're like lashed to a pole, and then they slowly have their flesh like cut and ripped from their body. Yeah, I'm gonna. So I'm gonna it's go like you can just imagine. Good. That's where you can stop. Imagine your body is a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> that sounds. Imagine your body's a brand new Dell XPS, and you got that thin plastic film on the outside. Oh my god! But this is. Have you ever seen? Um. Oh god! What's the movie with Jennifer Lawrence? Red Swallow, Red Swan, Red Sonia. I don't. I have no idea. Some shit where she's a Russian agent and at some point she's killing this guy, but to do it she's using this machine that in the movie they said that it was used for skin grafts and the razor blades are sharp and like only cut with like a millimeter thickness. So she's just. Oh my god! No, I have not seen that. <laughs> it's god, like, horrific. It's like that SNL bit Red for Sparrow. That. That's what it's called. It's called Red Sparrow. It's, that's what it is. It's like that SNL bit for the razor, where it's like got twenty blades <laughs> on it, like making fun of the Mach Five, and it's just describing yeah. how it like it goes through like all the layers of your skin. <laughs> no, this thing's like electric though. She so turned it all like. Ding, yeah. It's like she ran um, over him like. So. A, oh my no. God, so no. slow cutting or the death of a thousand cuts. It's, it's also known by is usually only given for like the harshest of offenses um, so it's like uh, it's up there it's like you done fucked up big in on june 1st of 1864 hong shochuan dies uh, of some form of food poisoning we're not entirely sure but it was caused by eating wild vegetables he died crying like Bullshit, a bitch somebody poisoned him somebody um, poisoned him well he he suffers for about 20 days before he dies um, because they don't really, because they've run out of supplies because of the siege, and so they've just been eating like whatever. So it's possibly <laughs> could have gotten like really bad like salmonella like hey, poisoning man. or whatever. Because it takes it takes twenty days for him. Are you to gonna die. eat the rest of that brick? Because I'm real hungry. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you can have it. <laughs> hey, that chicken that's in the corner that has half its feathers on it and it's pecking at its own feet. And you don't want to eat, eat that, bro. But gonna, uh, go, go ahead and try the sand. <laughs> I'm just going to sprinkle the sand on top like salt and pepper. <laughs> Got your five spice, you know, your your five different colors. <laughs> well, the way you phrased it was, you know, just kind of, you know, they're see each other, eat whatever, like the walls of buildings are corroding and the plumbing. I think we can eat this drywall. <laughs> He's like licking the Someone moss. made this drywall out of cauliflower. Fucking vegans. Hey, listen, lots of fiber. Lots of fiber in that drywall. <laughs> Um, they they bury they bury him in um, a, a former Ming palace, um, but when the city is taken um, by the Xiang army, uh, Zheng has um, Hong's body um, exhumed, 
to, to confirm that he's dead. Then he has it cremated, and then once it's cremated, he puts the ashes in a cannon and then has it, like, blasted as a form of... <laughs> so he's like the original God. fucking, uh, what's his name? Who's the Gonza? Yes, thank you. He's he's Hunter S. Thompson. Jesus. So Hunter S. Thompson, and the, Hunter sure Thompson probably was Jesus at some burning. point because he did so many drugs. The, the <laughs> idea is that they do this because normally, like, cremation is usually how, how people are buried in a lot of places in right. China. But you have, like, a family, like, tomb where your ashes are put. And that's where people come to make, like, offerings and, and pray for you. But if your ashes are, like, blasted to the four winds by a cannon, you know, you can't do that. Oh, oh that is... That is metal as fuck. When I die, I want to be cremated and blasted out of a fucking You know what cannon. I want? I, I've said Preferably this. Preferably off uh, old Ironsides in my habit. My original plan was to, <laughs> to be buried with, like, a tree. Like, as ashes, you know, just because I thought that was kind of cool. And I'm a... I, I'm not like a religious Taoist, but I celebrate Taoism. They do that now. They could put your ashes. In yeah, like it's kind of cool. Thing. But now I just Steve and I have had this discussion several times. The logistics really can't quite get worked out. But I just want to be shot into space, like wholesale entire corpse just launched into space. And I, I gotta clear the uh, the Van Allen belt too. Like I want to float way the fuck out there. Hey, listen, Elon, if you're listening to us, it's on <laughs> gmail.com. <laughs> Why couldn't Elon, they just strap me in that Tesla that they sent up? And I would... <laughs> yeah, you could. Look, I know you don't want to die now. I, I know you don't, don't want to die now, but you got to get in this car. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Once-in-a-lifetime. You haven't seen it, ever. but... It's just sort of like in the expanse with people like get sucked out into space where they just like freeze and like stop yeah. moving. Like I'm just imagining you in the driver's seat of a Tesla, <laughs> just like slightly blue tinge, just thumbs up, hand on the like one hand thumbs up, left hand on the steering wheel, just just floating. some jazz coming out of the <laughs> Tesla smirk. into the into the vacuum of space forever and ever, amen. Just some Duke Ellington. Yeah, Duke Ellington. Just some Duke Ellington. <laughs> I'm in a sentimental mood. <laughs> oh my god. All right, so, so to to close this out, at, at the aftermath of the the Taiping Rebellion which lasted about 15 years, um 20 to 30 million people are believed to have died. Jesus. Um most of them through famine and disease brought by the conflict. Um and, and also too because when the Taiping would take over an area, they would just like conscript everyone. Um, so it was considered like a total war because they're just like men, women, there, there are no civilians under the Taiping. Wow. Um, and, and too, like with warfare and, and also the, the things that are already going on, the famines and stuff like that, it just makes things worse. Um, yeah. it's, and I mean, there were other cultures that did that too, where it was like men, women, everybody fought, didn't matter who the fuck you are, you fought. It, it's, I'm trying to think one example off the top of my head, but I can't think of a specific, so I don't want to get called out. But I know that I've, there are a couple different cultures that have done that throughout history, where even the women fought. But it's it's generally considered to be like one of the like the bloodiest conflicts in the 19th century. Like like until World War One or World War Two, it's generally considered to be like one of the most violent conflicts in history. I mean, I I guess so, right? Twenty to thirty million people, and that's and that's an Jesus. estimate. Yeah, yeah, we're they're they're not entirely sure because like like I said, you know, people aren't really keeping like firm records because it's a it's not really a modern society in terms of of how information is reported, right. and a lot of them are sort of like peasants, so the the aristocracy don't really care that much. 
most of the remaining Taiping leaders are, are hunted down, either killed in battle or executed um, in a similar fashion to Xi. Um, some leaders go south into Southeast Asia, like some of the ones that were in the, the southern areas. Um, they just keep going south, and they sort of become bandits and, and petty kings down in sort of like Cambodia and Vietnam. Mm. Eventually, they're they're sort of like taken out by the local leaders there as well. Um, but th- hmm. this conflict sort of helps spell the downfall of the the Qing. It, it sort of speeds up their decline. Um, one of the reasons why there's a lot of immigration of Chinese nationals to the Americas and Australia and elsewhere in the 19th century was because of the things we talked about, you know, before the Taiping Rebellion happened. And then the Taiping Rebellion just makes things so bad in China that people want to, you know, live elsewhere as refugees. Right. I mean, it absolutely makes sense. Um, the, the Taiping today, they're sort of treated as a proto-communist force under Maoism. Like, cause, like, like I mentioned before, you know, in communism, they, they see it as cyclical and they, they try to find these sort of things, especially in, in like a country's like national past that they can use to tie to that country. Like, why is China like communist? And it's like, well, let's look at China's past. And we have like the Taiping and they were sort of communist. So now so they're, Ma- now they're all doing, communist. <laughs> yeah. So what Mao's doing is, is not that much different from what, you know, like Hong was doing. And like they... They, they sort of grasp on to the redistribution of land. Um, also, too, the anti-foreigner like foreigner stuff, like them trying to take Shanghai and stuff like that, is considered to be um, seen as being like Mao, like sort of sort of taking back China from the foreigners. Mm. Uh, Hong Rengan, his cousin, um, his writings were also used by early members of the Guomindong, the nationalists, to support modernization. Um, because he did write a lot about how, you know, like China needed to modernize, you know, sort of China doing what Japan does when they do the Meiji Restoration. Um, j- just sort of that idea. Interesting. And he's also he's also anti-Qing. Like he wants to create like a modern a modern sort of nation um, that's not dominated by one minority group. Um, so he's also sort of held up by them as well. Mm-hmm. And, and even today, because like. Chinese historiography doesn't really get updated a lot, so there are a lot of like monuments to like the Taiping and Taiping leaders in China, and generally like in, in history books, they're considered to be like like good. And so the Taiping are still around today, then, and we're just considering them an ethnic minority. Well, no, no, they don't. They don't exist anymore. Um, like, okay, they they're they're gone. Uh, most of them were Hakka, though. Though obviously they get more non-Hakka members when they move out of Guangxi province. Uh-huh. But the Hakka are still around. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Hakka are still around. They're they're pretty dominant in, like, Guangxi, Guangdong. Um, there are a lot of Hakka in Taiwan. And, and also in, like, um, Singapore and, and sort of the diaspora communities in, in Southeast Asia. All right. Well. That was a long one. It's a long one, but it was a good, a good one. one. God, that was a good one, man. The Chinese Mormon Jesus. Oh, man. Right. How about you guys? But I'm going to go get a cup of coffee and listen to some... Yeah. I want some sweet and sour pork. Yeah. I could see that. Get some, like, get some, some really, Hunanese really Americanized cooking. shitty Chinese yeah. now. That sounds good, actually. Shit. I'm about to get right. some sweet and sour. All right. Later. Later. Later.